Welcome to First Life Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. And my name is Courtney. And Courtney, we are uh, recording this just after we have a new administration. We do. Today is Inauguration Day. (sighs) It's a little different feeling from two weeks ago when we did this. Yes. (laughs) A little different. A little bit different. A little bit different. Uh, Although I think, I think some of us, I, I know I still have, I'm sure, and I'm sure lots of other people are still kind of um, anticipating, kind of waiting for, yep. right? The other shoe to drop still like, okay, yep, we made it through inauguration. I think like every couple of minutes during the inauguration today, I was like, is it, is something gonna, what? <laughs> but we made it through, it was beautiful. I, I cried as soon as Lady Gaga opened her mouth, I was in tears. Uh, I, I was also, you're, you're, you're to be a honest. Heartless. No, I was, I was saying oh, I was, okay. I was yeah. choked. I get choked yeah. up on, on these things because, yeah, you know, it's, it's just so it's dumb for me to be choked up about it, but it's like, this is a big deal. It's and, not dumb. It's, it's been an emotional few years, but, but we're not here to talk about. We're, we're not, we're not, we could. Politics and the political climate. We're here to talk about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. That is true. Uh, that is true. So we're going to talk today a little bit about, um, we're going to riff off something that that I got last night, that uh, Education Week put out a new uh, pamphlet, I guess. I know, it's, it's hard to tell. It's like a 20-page <laughs> thing about personalized learning. <laughs> not a uh, book. It's not, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not quite a book. It's not an issue. Special report? Should we call it a special report? Let's see what it says in the front here. It's like, okay, it's a spotlight. Oh, so there cool. we go. Right, that, that'll cool. work. Yeah, so <laughs> 20 pages or so. And some of it we've talked about in the past because some of these are are uh, just reprints of articles. Uh, but we saw one that we thought we'd really like to talk about, which uh, goes along with a lot of the things we've been saying. And the title of the article is, There's Value in Infusing the Arts into Personalized Learning. And uh, you know, of course. Yeah, can I curse? Uh, well, curse I was just, podcast? I was just gonna say you can like curse inside your head right now, because I think if, okay. if our <laughs> listeners listen to us at all, they realize that our quick response is, if it's not a curse, then it's just like, well, of course there is. Yeah. It, um, no duh. Is- no, no duh. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. And you know, as I, as I kind of just skimmed this article. Um, you know, it's all the stuff that we've talked about in the past, but I, I think uh, you and I both thought it would, it would be a nice time to talk about that uh, as, yeah, especially during pandemic times. And I think that a lot of people might go back to what they know in order to get through this type of pandemic learning, which is, you know, teach the basics, make sure they know how to read yeah. and write and do math. And then when we ever get back to school, which is hopefully soon uh, to in-person school, then we can go back to some of the things that that we want to do more of the fun things, and I yeah. think that that's super misguided, obviously, uh, because we can do all those things right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, so here's like my initial like <laughs> my, my my more perhaps not as organized, but my my initial kind of uh, response rant in in a more toned down format. Although it's still probably maybe not as organized as it could be if I were to actually like sit and articulate a good argument, um, is that the the arts are the can be and should be 
the lens through which we invite learners to to explore the world, to explore history, to explore science. Now, you might be sitting there going like, what the heck are you talking about? But um, for the longest time I had on my website and like as kind of like my personal avatar imagery, these gorgeous images of dyed fish skeletons. They were art, but they came from a very scientific <laughs> research study. I'm not even entirely sure what it was about, but I stumbled ac across them one day because they were gorgeous. Um, so yeah, there's lots of ways in which the arts can be a frame through which learners discover content and make their way to standard or the way through which they present their understanding. Right. I, I think that one of the things that we try to do often is uh, silo all of these things like they, yes. they need to be able to learn how to read and then be able to know how to write and that's the same old prompts right. and doing math is just you know where you got worksheets and you just got to drill and kill and that sort of thing uh when we can apply these things to not just not just the arts but you know social studies and science and music and visual arts and everything and yeah. engage them uh, they'll be able to, in in my opinion, I think be able to learn how to read and write and do math a lot faster, and yeah, deeper. because they're engaged. You've you've exactly you've brought in the human element. Like, so I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, what could this look like? You know, besides your weird fish example, Courtney. Like, so let's say you're going to teach about the Great Depression, or you're going to read books that are set in the Great Depression. Okay, there are some incredibly moving photographs from that time period you can even all of you right now are probably picturing that famous image it's the mother right yes i was just gonna say that's yep. in my head right now right now the picture of the mother right okay show learners that the other awesome thing you can do now you can show them the black and white and now they've colorized them because we have that science and technology to be able to go back and colorize black and white pictures um show them both play recordings from that time period. Not sure of any, go get the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. Like, uh, you know, like, and just start there and let learners experience those, let them ask questions, let them make observations, let them just talk about what they're noticing and seeing and what it makes them think, and then start tagging on the history. I mean, that's just introducing, that's engagement, right? Um, but then if you want to go, then those particular strands, whether it's, um, you know, the photography or some of the, the actual paintings and art that was made during the Depression, whether it's during the Depression, what people were able to turn into clothing or the music of the Depression, learners can then attach to those kind of like as their individual strands, right, as they're learning about some of the economics or the geography or the history targets related to the depression. If you don't like that, fine, don't let them spread off that way. But then in the very end of the, the experience, when they are demonstrating their learning, let them choose what, what um, visual art medium or performing art medium to use as a part of their demonstration of knowledge. Bam, I think personalized I'd... learning. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next week. Uh... Pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty close to it. <laughs> I, I, you know, if you're a, if you're a new listener, this um, 
I think that we've, we, in the past, we've called this applied learning uh, because we're applying that reading and writing and math like building blocks towards all of these other subject areas and try to tie them all together to make them interesting and engaging for our learners. And if, if you're uh, an older le- uh, listener to our podcast, uh, you know, we've ranted about this a lot before that this is, you know, not only a better way to me, it's now like, it's just assumed, right. That this is what you, mm-hmm. what you should be. If you're not doing it, it's like, now you're the odd one. And yeah. it's, it's, it's not that way. Kids learn so much better if they can tie it together into other things. And if you really plan well with some of the units that you just talked about, about tying those different pieces of, of history and art and music into it, they will pick up those building blocks that you want of reading and writing and math and be able to apply it in many different ways, which will only help them as they progress through school before they graduate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here, I'm going to throw some more strategies at you because that's what I love to do. So let's say you're not interested in thinking about a big interdisciplinary unit. Okay. You teach science and you're going to have learners take notes on perhaps some readings they're going to be doing, or perhaps you're giving kind of like a little mini lecture because none of y'all give 45 minute lectures out there anymore. Um, Show learners visual note-taking strategies whether it's as simple as like little diagrams and charts and stick figures or as elaborate as some of our very talented colleagues who think that way can do. Um, I'm thinking of someone on a friend podcast who is just the most insane visual note taker um, I know. And I can't possibly do that, but that's how that person processes and they can just do it and be engaged and have these gorgeous notes. Um, so show them that, like that's incorporating visual arts into what may otherwise seem like non-artistic media or non-artistic content. Right. We want we want kids to be able to have a, like all these different strategies, like in their in their toolkit, as it were. Right. But yeah. I was just thinking about the the visual note taking with you. It's like I would be horrific at that. That is that is not my thing, but I have developed a way that how I take notes, and something that works for me that works over time. But I've tried all these different ways. I tried doing the uh, the like the the visual notebook uh, that one of my friends uses, mm-hmm. and I literally have no idea how he comes up with this sort of thing. Right. (laughs) And I I look at it and I'm like, how did you pay attention all the time? And then as I'm looking at it, I see all of the the points that he wanted to, to make are on the page somewhere, just in a very artistic fashion. Yeah. And yeah, it's wicked cool, but that's not me. I have a different way. And I think that's, that's cool when you have all of these different strategies that we can teach kids and they will, they will find their own way. Right at some point it's not there's not just one way to do it there's not just yeah. one graphic organ, organizer there's not right. one note-taking strategy um, but have kids experiment and see what works and what doesn't and reflect on it because yes. then you can also help with the reading and the writing and the math what worked for you what didn't work for you what are you going to do next time to test this so I, I think it's all a loop that we can incorporate all of these different things into everything we do uh, if we allow ourselves to kind of think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate how you kind of broke that loop down. 
right? That introduce different strategies, have the learners try each of them, reflect on what worked, what didn't, and then move forward. So whether you're, you know, to bring it back to this idea of the arts, like, and that's just one of the things you throw in now and then. Think about, and it doesn't have to be like, I think when people hear visual arts, sometimes they think like high art, right? Like, like paintings and portraits and blah. And no, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> Like the Mona Lisa? It doesn't have to be the Mona Lisa. You don't have to bring the Mona Lisa in for you to be incorporating visual arts into any content. Fair. I think that's that's a good way to to think about that one. Um, you know, I love I love to bring in music for things. And I know I, I read all the time about these engaging uh language teachers that bring in uh you know music and lyrics and the poetry and all of the different things that kids are immediately latch onto because that is their life, right? Right. Is, is listening to music and, and learning uh, lyrics. And uh, especially with this thing called TikTok now, there's a lot of What's like music on those. And I see it once in a while. I, I don't really I just it. thought of like an amazing project assignment okay. or maybe it's not a whole project, but an amazing like piece of something perhaps. Like if you're studying biographies or, or whatnot or like groups of important groups of people, like I'm almost thinking of like, you know, the, uh, you know, the first few presidents of the United States or something like design an album cover featuring the you know, the specific group of people that you're um, learning about, right? Like it can't get across everything, but that paired with the explanation, right? And I think this is key. Like I've totally just jumped somewhere different, sorry. But like, if you're going to use visual art, visual products um, as, a, as evidence of learning, it does need to be paired with the artist's explanation, whether that's in writing or through like interview format where they explain the choices that they made about their art and what it represents and why. Um, that is important to include. Agreed, agreed. Uh, because otherwise you're not getting the full picture. And, right. you know, as we gather evidence towards some of these, some of these standards that we want kids to, to learn, we have to have that full picture and not just kind of judge on our own. I was thinking that like the next step after the album covers, maybe you could like write a whole play about like, you know, Alexander Hamilton or something and uh, and see where huh. that goes, you know, how that yeah, relates to- Yeah, put together uh, like a whole soundtrack to today. with, yeah. That, that sounds like a good idea, yeah. I, I would think. So we'll, I'm sure somebody will be on that soon. <laughs> so- Lin-Manuel Miranda exceeds nice. the standards. <laughs> See, must must be a podcast listener is what I'm going to say. Um, I think I think that's a good place to wrap it up for today is to yeah. talk about what those things are. E even in these pandemic times, these are things that we can do if you are uh, have remote learning or some type of hybrid learning. You can do these things. It doesn't just have to be getting through the day. I know it's I know it's tough out there. If you're doing remote learning or don't have as many kids as you usually do in a full classroom, but these are things that we can still engage our kids in, uh, even in these weirdo times that are hopefully getting better. Yeah. So with that, we'll talk next week. Uh, look out for any insurrection activity in your communities. And uh, uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right, bye.